Anchored in Reaching is for curious people who want to explore the story that God is writing in history and who are looking for their own place in that story to find meaning and vibrancy in their life and vocation. I'm Kevin Manoya. Join me each week as we probe the edges of faith and living, always in relation to God who knows you best. For some, it'll be an opportunity to anchor yourself more securely in your faith. For others, it'll be motivation to reach out to engage more broadly. In either case, these conversations should encourage, enlighten, and challenge you. Welcome, everybody, back to Anchored and Reaching. I'm really glad you've joined us, and uh, this is the second episode in a series that we are calling The Diversity of Unity. Now, last episode, I hope you took time to listen to the introduction. I did that solo. It was a little bit longer than normal, so I hope you had patience to listen through to the end to get the metaphor of the river system and get an idea of how diversity is required for unity to happen. And we're going to begin now moving through this series, and I hope you'll stick with us because I'm very excited about this idea of the unity of the church, and as I said last time, you can't have unity without diversity. So I want to remind you that we're in the beginning of this series called The Diversity of Unity. If you want to communicate with us in any way, please, you can drop your comments into an email at podcast at anchoredandreaching.com. And any links, you can look for those in the show notes. So um, we're going to begin this now, and I'm really excited that we have Dr. Manoya with us. Uh, And that's a little (laughs) weird, right? Um, So I told you the title of this one is uh, Lessons from a Surgeon. And uh, I have prevailed (laughs) upon my daughter to have a conversation with us. Uh, She's the most educated person in the whole Manoya clan back to the beginning. As far as I think that's the case, the most number of years of school anyway, uh, for which all of your patients, I'm sure, are very, very glad that you got a lot of schooling. So... Um, we're going to have a conversation this episode and the next about the vascular system of the human body. Mm -hmm. Um, Kristen, it's good to have you here. So introduce yourself (laughs) as if I haven't already. Thank you for that introduction, Dad. Um, Yeah, so I'm Kristen Manoya. I am a vascular surgeon, which means that I treat uh, diseases of the vasculature all over the body, excluding the heart and the brain. So all of the arteries, the veins, I do surgery, I do uh, minimally invasive um, endovascular treatments, and I do medical management for all of the things that affects your vasculature. So then what really is uh, the vascular? By the way, before we go on any farther, so where do you practice and and where do you go (laughs) every day when you go to the Um, office? Every day is very different, so there's no kind of standard, but I um, am full-time at Riverside University Health System in Moreno Valley, California, which is a safety net hospital um, for Riverside County. So that's where I am all day, every day. What's a safety net hospital? What does that mean? So it means we treat patients that um, don't have anywhere else to go. So it's an underserved population group then? Yeah. County facility? County hospital. Gotcha. Gotcha. Associated with the University Mm -hmm. of California? Yes. University of California at Riverside. Yep. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, okay. So the idea that, frankly, this is part of my journey of discovering the similarities between the nature of the church and the vascular system. And just a short story, 
I remember when you were in your fellowship at Baylor University Medical Center in Dallas for vascular, and I was sitting on the couch, I think petting the dog or reading a book to to Maya, your daughter, and this little <laughs> white thing rolled off the table on the floor. And I put my fingers in it. I thought it was one of those Chinese puzzles where, you know, Mm -hmm. where you stick your fingers in both ends, a finger trap. Yeah. And it turned out it didn't work. And I said, man, this thing doesn't work. And she, and, and so you, you know, Kristen looks at me and she said, dad, that's about $10,000 that you're playing with right there. And it was an aortic stent, aortic what? Yeah. An aortic stent graft. And so all of a sudden I started being really interested in this whole area and learned about what you do in replacing aortas and cleaning out carotids and and yep. uh, amputating limbs mm-hmm. and all of that stuff, which isn't always so pleasant. But I started to make these connections between the mission of, of the church and the nature of the church and the vascular system. And of course, in Scripture, we see this comparison done all the time. Paul does it, Jesus does it, between the physical body and the nature of the church. So Maybe just take a, a, a minute or two or, or to explain what yeah. is the vascular system and, and yeah, why do sure. we call it a system? So it's kind of, um, you know, I tell people I'm basically a plumber. So it's all of the tubes in your body that take things from one place to another. Um, and really the goal of it is to get the oxygen, the nutrients, the, you know, the proteins, all of the good stuff that's in your blood from where it starts to where it needs to go. So it's like a transport system. And very simply, the arteries take blood away from the heart where it's come, you know, the heart and the lungs, it comes to be oxygenated um, in the lungs. And then the arteries take the blood away to whatever part of the body needs it, um, whether that's the big organs in your belly, your kidneys, your spleen, your liver, all your intestines your legs, um, out to your arms, up to your brain. So the arteries take all of that stuff there to deliver what's essential for those things to function. And then the veins take the blood that has been kind of depleted of its resources and they take it back up to the heart, the lungs, the liver, the spleen, the kidneys, all of those places kind of take all of the stuff back to be replenished. Um, So you call it a system because it's just one big circuit that keeps going and going and the same blood that flows through one artery flows through all of the arteries and the veins, all of the veins. And they all just have to work together um, in concert to make that work. So in essence then, the veins are bringing the blood that's been depleted back to be reoxygenated in the lungs, to be cleaned by the kidneys, and to do other stuff in the organs that take care of getting it ready to be sent back out again. Is that, yeah, am I exactly. hearing you right? Yep. Filtered by the spleen, filtered and then, by the and, kidneys, the liver, uh-huh. yep, back up to the heart and the lungs. So unless it goes through that community system of development and discipleship in the, in the, in the, what you call the thoracic part of the body, if it doesn't go through all of that process, then it doesn't have the fullness uh, that it needs to get out to the extremities. 
Are you tracking yeah, with me or does yeah, that make sense? Yeah, for sure. You know, I guess one thing to kind of note and tell me if the oxygen is one thing, but then there's a lot of other nutrients that it's got to get from like the intestines um, where you eat, you know, it has to, to mm-hmm. kind of be filtered by your kidneys and yeah it's in your abdominal cavity and and everybody kind of contributes a little bit to what makes up that blood and I guess to maybe take that a step further every organ needs something a little bit different and so the same blood that kind of gets returned you know through your kidneys then goes through your liver and your liver might filter something different out of it um, whether that's you know a good thing that it needs or a bad thing that it's you know, keeping from, from circulating, but yeah, each little part does its own thing. Yeah. So that really introduces the whole idea that if one part of that system, the organ system is failing or is not working properly, then the life giving blood is not going to deliver what it needs to deliver. And that, that, that goes to what I think, you know, we want to talk about in the second episode together, that it would be the, the dysfunctions and the problems and all of that. So let me get back to the, to the plan here then. So the vascular system is carrying blood. Now, I remember somewhere, I think I, re- I remember reading in one of your bathrooms <laughs> of your house a little sign that said, um, blood is my favorite bodily fluid. Is that it's, is that right? Did I do I remember seeing something like that? I think I have like one that? like that. I had one until I chose vascular that said I like the bowel the best. Um, I would I would <laughs> change my mind on that one, but yeah, definitely blood is my favorite yeah, bodily okay. fluid. So so why do you say that? And what are some of the other fluids? Uh, <laughs> I'll start with the second question first. Is that okay? <laughs> okay. Sure. I guess you yeah, know there's fine, lots totally of other fine. things that your body makes that is basically just waste. You know, urine and excrement um, that you, you yeah. can't do anything with, and your body basically says no, thank you. Um, there's other fluids that kind of serve a purpose locally. So, you know, you have pleural fluid that kind of lubricates your lungs or cerebrospinal fluid that keeps your brain from jiggling too much. But the blood, um, it does so many different things. It adapts to what your body needs in real time. It carries things all over the body so that it can it can be responsive. You know, your brain, one of the, um, this is probably maybe a little bit too detailed, but if there's not getting enough blood to your legs, um, when you get to the place where your body tells, you know, knows that there's not enough blood, there's immediately signals to your brain to say like, we need more blood vessels. So not only just more blood, more nutrients that's in the blood, but it can take those, pro- those you know, receptors down back to your leg and say, hey guys, we need more blood vessels even. And so that's all, you know, kind of communicated through these receptors in different places in your body. It's your pressure of the blood, the chemo, you know, makeup of your blood, the chemical makeup of your blood. Um, And that's kind of just a real time um, way for your body to decide what you need to do your daily functions and what each body part needs to do its specific function in that body. Okay, so in my terminology, what that sounds like is that blood is the most comprehensive missional fluid of the body, that it that it communicates, 
it brings oxygen, it brings all the nutrients, and then it carries it back for cleaning and filtering and then goes back to keep the body active yeah, in its mission. Exactly. Um, that's mm -hmm. the way I hear that. Yeah, so so it's pretty comprehensive in what it does. And, and I think about the church, I mean, in, in essence, and, and of course, we, you know, we read the Bible and we read all about the blood. The blood is mm -hmm. the lifeblood mm -hmm. of the body, right? And we read about that in the church. And of course, the, sacrifi the sacrifices in the Old Testament and the Eucharist in the New Testament and the, you know, the, the element of, of the juice representing the, the mm -hmm. blood of Christ, the life-giving, nutrient-giving, communication, comprehensive health of the body is dependent mm -hmm. on the blood. And, and the vascular system exists to get that blood where it needs to go to fulfill yep, its mission. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So let me, and there's so many <laughs> questions that I would love to unpack here, and we don't have all the time to be able to do it. But um, let me get to the question, I guess, that I'm really curious about, because this was a discovery, I guess, for me, um, as I held that stent graft that rolled off the table onto the floor and I picked it up that and was played unused. with it. Um, it unused. Okay. Yeah. It was a demo. Just, just to be sure. It was a, okay. Gotcha. All right. You know, and then, and then I realize how, how strong mm -hmm. these things are. And then you've shown me models of these, even in your office and, and like those things, you, you know, you can't poke a hole mm -hmm. in those things. They're mm -hmm. really strong. Yeah. Right. And, and so that replaces the aorta. But then you get out into the extremities, and what kind of vessel is it, and how does the blood molecule, the oxygen, actually get into the muscle where it goes? Because that's impermeable, right? Or impervious, I guess. It would be a better word. I'm not yeah. sure which word to use. But so, so there's differences. Yeah, how does that work? So essentially, the blood vessels have different types depending on what needs to happen in them. So like the aorta, you're exactly right. It is a huge main line, you know, if we're talking plumbing, the pipe that takes every bit of your blood out of your heart and then distributes it through various branches out through your body. So it's giant comparatively, you know, it's a couple centimeters. Um, you know, you, you can put holes in it with needles, which is what I do, but you're not supposed to, you know, <laughs> okay. nothing leaks out of it really. Yeah. You're right. But yeah. it has a really elastic wall to adapt for every heartbeat. You know, every time there's a heartbeat, it has to get all of that blood needs to be able to fit into the aorta. And so it can fluctuate in size pretty dramatically um, in order to adapt to that. So there's a lot of elastic fibers in the wall of the aorta. And like you said, we can talk about it later, but pathology with that leads to aneurysms or pathology means there's something wrong, but it leads to aneurysms. Then you get into those branches as they come off the aorta, you know, kind of like a freeway off ramp you know you're you're getting to where you go you're going but you're not quite there yet um, so a branch that goes down to your leg is kind of more of a medium-sized artery and the point of that artery is to keep the blood flow consistent all the way down your leg or all the way up into your brain your carotid would be the same so it has more of like a muscular layer so that it can regulate mm. in almost the opposite direction so it doesn't want you to ever not have blood 
blood flow to your brain. So it's going to squeeze when it needs a little bit of extra oomph and it's going to relax when your pressure is a little bit too high just to make sure that the like steady, the supply is constant. So that's a different kind of artery. Then you get into the tiny little, you know, maybe the surface streets if we're talking that. Um, and those ones have a lot thinner wall to make sure that there's no resistance to getting the blood flow to where it needs to go. It's like, okay, you're almost here. Don't want to get in your way, just get you there. And then it ultimately comes down to the little tiny capillaries and the capillary beds where it's, you know, it gets down to like one cell layer thick and the nutrients or the oxygen or whatever it is can, can, um, diffuse out into the system. And there's various mechanisms for transport. Sometimes it's active transport or sometimes it's passive, but that's biochemical stuff. Um, but it gets out into the, thank you. <laughs> um, I didn't like biochemistry either. Um, but yeah. the, it gets out into whatever the tissues and conversely, whatever's in the tissues that doesn't want to be there anymore can get into the blood to be disposed of. So it comes down to those capillaries. And at the very end, you get these, um, kind of, they call them capillary beds, where it's just the spider web of an artery, you know, an, or they call them arterioles and tiny little blood vessels coming in and then venules coming out. And there's never any break in that system. It's just that it's much more permeable to let all of the stuff come out or come in, depending on what needs to happen. And it actually goes through the walls of yep. the blood yeah. vessel yeah. to get the mm -hmm. oxygen mm -hmm. into the muscle and let the, the things that the muscle doesn't want anymore get back into the blood vessel and be carried back for purification and reoxygenation. Exactly. Yeah. So it, what, you know, man, there's just so much interesting mm -hmm. stuff here when you start thinking about the church and the, and the mission of the church. And we'll come back to this one too, I hope. And that is, I, I heard you say, and this is just, I'm just hearing mm -hmm. this for the first time, that the whole system is reactive to the need, the ultimate need mm -hmm. of the mission. And it needs to relax or it needs to constrain or, or whatever, pump more or whatever, get the pressure up. The whole system, no matter where it is in the body, is reactive to the context and what is needed yes. in the mission. Yep. Right? Uh, which, like, to me is, like, totally amazing how God made mm -hmm. this body. And then when I think about the parallel with the church, how every dimension of the church needs to be flexible to adapt to the context in which it was, whether it's whether it's the uh, the production of doctrine or the delivery of a cup of cold water in the in the end user, it all has to be adaptive to whatever the need is. And frankly, I think there are some churches that have forgotten that they need to be adaptive, and they've become pretty brittle. And we'll talk about that next time in the pathology discussion because when the when the aorta gets crusty it can't mm -hmm. can't adapt so so it, the difference then between the capillaries and the aorta one is permeable one is mm -hmm. impermeable mm -hmm. or impervious mm -hmm. yeah. right and that's mm -hmm. necessary for the whole yep. thing to work because that's how the molecule gets ultimately to the muscle but if it weren't for the aorta protecting the blood it would never get to the capillary where it can go through the walls of the capillary and ultimately get yeah. to the muscle. Am I hearing you right? Yep, absolutely. Yeah. So 
So the mission is singular mm -hmm. for the whole system. Mm -hmm. So how does the aorta know if there's if 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 like a capillary needs something different? I mean, is there that level of communication? Um, yeah, you could say it that way. Um, it wouldn't just be the aorta; it's kind of the whole system in concert. Um, let me think of an example. So when you are exercising and your body needs extra oxygen because your muscles in your legs are burning through it way faster, um, the blood that comes back from your capillaries, from your, you know, the tiny little ones way down in your muscle, comes back through a bunch of different chemo and baroreceptors and it, your body can measure um, say the, the acid level, you know, we hear about lactic acid when you're exercising and stuff like that, but your body can measure that and then say, Oh, this is a little bit too much. We need to send more blood to that area to flush it out a little bit faster. We need more oxygen in that area because of various other chemical, you know, products, byproducts that your body is making faster. And then the, um, your, the chemoreceptors in your heart increase your heart rate. The, the baroreceptors in your neck and in your aorta increase your blood pressure to make that aorta kind of, you know, tighten up a little bit to, to send things down there a little bit faster. Um, so there's a lot of different ways of communicating. Um, a lot of it is through these tiny little, you know, molecules that go all over your body. And receptors everywhere at every station there's kind of receptors where you get a you know check the not the physical temperature but you know check the health of what the blood is coming back what does it need what's what's too little what's too much um and your body can adapt to that in various ways so there's high levels of communication going on within the vascular mm -hmm. system itself as to what is ultimately needed in the end user, uh, the muscles and, and the body that the body mm -hmm. needs to function. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. And then I think, so I think about the life of the church, right? So the gospel is the, the good news. The blood of Christ is the good news of health, vitality, and abundance in missional living. Right. But the system um, to convey that blood of the gospel is mm -hmm. the church. So in, in some respects, the church and the vascular system are synonymous, right? Um, and so it's got to be talking to each other, because if it's not, then if the missionaries out on the mission field have a particular need, they need to be able to say to you know, a school, a Bible school, or a, a church headquarters, or a doctrine committee, we need help with this, and it should respond. That's that's what I'm seeing in the vascular yeah, maybe, system. It yeah, talks to, to itself. Yeah, to take that to maybe even another level, there are different organs that play in, too. So the kidney has a lot of role over the blood pressure. Um, the lungs have a lot of role over the kind of oxygen content, the liver and the spleen do a lot of the filtering out. And so each of those has its own kind of uh, contribution to that conversation. Yeah, well, uh, I think we're coming pretty well to the close of time. And, I, and I'm, I'm really anxious to get into the next episode, too, because uh, in this particular case, I guess my mind goes to the churches that sort of think that 
they were made as the singular place where the gospel is going to go forth, and anybody that messes with it is going to mess it all up, when in reality, they're one part of an entire mm-hmm. system. And the diversity of the church is really big, and there are some churches just that, that when they see people doing things mm-hmm. differently, they see people as more permeable to the culture mm-hmm. around us in an effort to get the gospel engaged, they look down their nose and they criticize as if somehow they're compromising mm-hmm. the gospel, when in reality they are every bit as much a part of the vascular system of the church as the strong, impermeable aorta that protects the lifeblood from from any incursion. Mm-hmm. So does that am I am I yeah. tracking right? I mean, are we drawing the parallels here correctly? For sure. And I think, you know, you could even say like the aorta, the heart, the lungs, all of these organs are themselves in need of the same kinds of things. Like there are capillaries in the heart, there are capillaries in the lungs, there are capillaries in the kidneys Mm. that need that same kind of monitoring from all of the other organs too in order to stay healthy. Yeah, interesting, interesting. Well, with the kind of divisiveness we see in the church, people hitting each other over the Mm. head with the Bible or a a theological sledgehammer and criticizing each other, I would love it if more people who do that would just listen a little Mm -hmm. bit and learn from the body, the physical body that God made regarding how diverse the church really is, and it's all for a common Mm -hmm. mission of health, abundance, and life-giving gospel. Yeah, absolutely. Well, okay, we're we're wrapping up here, and uh, we're going to pick this conversation up in the next episode, and we're going to talk about... I call it problems. You call it pathology. <laughs> um, like what happens when a blood clot, clot come? What you know? I'm and I think mostly of the rigidity um, of some parts of the church that are intransigent to the kind of flexibility that mm-hmm. you've talked about. And there are a lot of churches like that that, frankly, I struggle with personally. And then there are some churches that take it too far and they don't want to go back to the source and get mm. fresh blood. They just think that what they got on hand is enough. So we're going to pick that conversation up in the next episode. But for now, folks, I'm really glad you took time with us. I hope you're mm-hmm. learning a little bit. Uh, I certainly am in this in this lesson. And uh, I hope you draw some parallels and reflect on the implications in your life, your small group, your church, and let God use his crowning creation of the human body as a lesson to help us understand the nature of our mission within the world in which we live. God bless you. Look forward to joining uh, with you again in the next episode. Let me encourage you to keep leaning into the wonderful adventure of becoming all that God has envisioned for you to be. Anchoring yourself in a secure identity, you reach with confidence to engage with people and daily life all around you. Allow your curiosity to explore and find God in the edges. Please take time to share this podcast with all your friends and invite them to join me in upcoming weeks as we explore together this exhilarating journey of being anchored and reaching.